Hey, everybody. Welcome oh. back to RB. Did I spook you? I did not know we were starting. Sarah got spooked. <laughs> I didn't tell her we were starting. I just went for it. Um, Pat's back, everybody. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, I am the host of RBL Weekly, the show where we look at the top five battles from around the Roast Battle League every week. Uh, my name is Pat Barker. I am the commissioner of the Roast Battle League. I'm joined, as always, by my uh, lovely and talented co-host, Sarah Keller, who uh, did an amazing job holding it down for me when I was out of town for about a month. Um, it was uh, quite a busy month for me. I was in Las Vegas, which I think I told everybody before, writing for a show called BattleBots. If you enjoy robots beating the shit out of each other and uh, have access to the Discovery Channel, come December, I have the perfect show for you. Um, and then I made a poor decision. I went to Philadelphia <laughs> to see my beloved Phillies in the World Series. Uh, it was roughly a $4,000 mistake. They lost both games as soon as I got to town. Everything was going great, and then I walked into the ballpark, and it was... Uh, Everything went very, very poorly. Yeah, Pat got real mad at me because I asked who won, and he was like, you must know. I'm like, no, I genuinely don't Seems know. Seems like the kind of thing you could have Googled uh, before you brought up, uh, you know, like if, if you had a relative that was dying of cancer, uh, I would ask around before I'm like, hey, how's your how's your mom doing or whatever, you know? That's a perfectly, that's, so that's an apples to apples comparison for me. Because to, to me, I'm like, I'm taking an interest in your life. I care, I'm trying to care about the things you care about. So I'm like, oh, how did that thing go that you went to? And you're like, you're you're the worst person, and I hope you die. No, it was no, it was, uh, it was totally it was totally fine. My wife does the opposite, which is where if they lose, she just pretends that it never even happened. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you prefer that? No, no, no. I prefer actually the way you did it. I, my, I had a, I had a bad reaction to a loss in 2011, and my wife uh, was like, "I'm never gonna try to." talk sports with him ever again. But uh, anyway, I was away for a while. You did a great job holding it down with a, a bunch of different co-hosts. Thank you to all the co-hosts who came in and, and helped cover for me as well. And I, to be frank, um, had to shut off the roast battle part of my brain to survive writing for a couple TV shows at the same time. So I am so out of the loop and I'm so excited to be back. Today, we are going to focus on uh, a very special Roast Battle League event that we had while I was gone that, frankly, was a little bit of my baby. I booked all the battles. I was so excited for it, and then I got pulled away by other things. So this is the first time I'm going to be seeing these battles that I conceptualized, like, many months ago. So I'm I'm really excited. They, yeah, it was a really – it was a good night. It was wild. It was busy. I I was there for this event, and I barely remember – the battles, not because they weren't incredible, just because I was running around like a crazy person, like I always am on Roast Battle Night. So I'm excited to be able to like breathe and actually watch these without a million things going on. Absolutely. In my head. Yeah. It, and it's always a different experience kind of watching them back than it is like in the room, especially when someone's as busy as you running around and covering for me and doing all the different things that come along with. I mean, you, to take everybody behind the scenes, you were instrumental in getting these people from all over the world into L.A., planes, hotels, everything like that. You did all the hard work. Yeah. And you would, you'd you'd like to think that when the night actually rolls around, the hard work stops and you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. But I know that's not what actually happened. No, no. It is <laughs> all my meticulous planning and, okay, well, we'll get everybody in early and not time and we'll do major airlines and blah, 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 like all this planning went into it and then it still just implodes and we had two battlers that didn't make it uh out of austin which is like so obnoxious because i specifically booked their flights because they had so many from austin to la that yeah. day i'm like okay if something goes wrong they can get on another one 
Best laid plans. It's the nature of travel in, I want to say, the post-pandemic era. I feel like once, you know, COVID hit, travel became a real clusterfuck for everybody. Lord knows, I mean, in the last few years, I've had several flights um, postponed, delayed, canceled. I just Um, did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get home. So it happens. We we did our best, but it sounds like the results were were something to be, I'm going to be extremely impressed by, and I look forward to seeing it. Speaking of extremely impressed, before we get into the battles, and we're going to get there. Um, we carpooled to the, the, the taping today. Um, and when you got out of the car and started walking into this beautiful venue that we're at right now, um, I don't know if you guys can see on camera, but copious amounts of, uh, bottled so water. Much water, so much water. We're Tons. very fancy. here. I love it. Um, but when you got out of the car, I was like, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> This is insane, and I want to make sure that we get this. This is my dog, Hank. Uh, head to toe. This was a birthday present I asked for specifically. I was like, I want a sweat sweatsuit that has my dog all over it, and uh, it delivered. It definitely delivered. That dog is on every square inch uh-huh. of that shirt. How much does something like that cost, top to bottom? Oh, I have no idea because it was a birthday present, so I have no idea. Who who got it for you? Josh. You, yeah, your, my your, boyfriend. your boyfriend. Yeah. I feel like he's so a keeper. It. I think so. I feel like if you bring that request to him and he sticks around and, and buys delivers, it for you. Yeah. yeah. He puts up with my insane dog lady. You do you do have uh like uh like white lady dog energy. Oh, a hundred percent. You carry him in a purse? No, uh, but I do kiss him on the mouth. There it is. Um <laughs> there it is. Took a while to get there, but here we are. Glad, yep. glad we're there. So um, amazing outfit. I'm so excited to be back doing this with you, and I'm so excited to look at the event that I missed. Uh, you know, coming soon, next week or the week after, we will get back into our normal format, pulling battles from all over the globe. But this is something that we worked really hard on, and we want to be the first of many. We want to have these opportunities to bring in the best people from around the world to L.A., to Austin, to neutral sites. We, you know, we've discussed a lot of things. You know, hopefully we'll have some more cool stuff like this coming. Um, but for the first one, I'm really excited that we were able to, for the most part, pull it off. Apologies to Heather Keith and Patrick Depari from Austin um, and their opponents. Speaking of which, uh, let's start with a battle that was a little bit of an um, impromptu battle. Yeah. Now, the plan originally was for Heather Keith from Austin to go against Paige Wesley, who we've seen on the show a whole bunch. Uh, L.A.'s own Paige Wesley, who is kind of a woman on a mission, uh, and we've talked about this as well. She wants to face the champion in every city and defeat them all. Mm -hmm. And this was supposed to be the start of potentially that gauntlet. Didn't work out that way thanks to mechanical issues on an airplane. Uh, But Paige, always ready to step up at a moment's notice, um, she took another battle on, what are we talking about, an hour's notice, two hours notice? Uh, Yeah. Maybe two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. She, I texted her that Heather wasn't going to make it and she was really bummed and she wanted to battle, uh, oh, Ashley, who also was supposed to battle Ashley Monique Ashley from the Bay Monique, Area. Who was yeah. supposed to battle Patrick Tapari. Uh, her, I was like, I'm not going to make anybody battle that, uh, that hasn't prepared for it. So I'll pose it to Ashley, but like 100% with the caveat of no pressure. We don't want you to do anything that like, you, you're not prepared for because that's not good for the show. Yeah. Um, she didn't want to, which I I wouldn't have done it. Like 100%, I would not have 
No, I've gone I, up against a, a couple Wesley. times. A couple times I've been offered battles on like the night you get there. It's like, hey, we had a couple things drop out. Do you want to battle this guy? And the answer is always absolutely not. No, I don't. I don't. That's not fair to me. That's not fair to the audience. It's not fair to anybody. So Paige is an anomaly. She is like, nope, I'll do anything, anytime, anywhere. Um, so she reached out to her good buddy, Armando Torres, and mm-hmm. uh, he agreed. And they did a, a three-joke round to start off the night, and it was it was very yeah. awesome. So this is L.A. versus L.A. This is not officially a, a, a part of the event. This is not a bi-coastal, you know, cross-global roast battle that we had planned on having. But these are two of my favorite uh, battlers. Armando hasn't been around in the L.A. scene in a while, um, but had a bunch of classic battles sort of back in the day. Paige has obviously been a little bit more active. We see her a lot on the show. And these guys co-host a podcast together called Colt. Cult podcast, which is very successful yeah. um, and uh, a really good listen. So if you haven't heard that, make sure you tune in to an episode of Cult Podcast. But for now, let's just check out their battle. This is short notice. Paige Wesley versus Armando Torres. Let's check it out. Armando was half Mexican, half Jewish. So as a compromise, he was circumcised with a weed They say the camera adds 10 pounds. Just ask Paige, she's eaten several candles. <laughs> it's true, it's true, I am fat, but Armando looks like the only terrorist that hijacks food trucks. <laughs> Damn, bitch, why do you look like a kindergarten teacher that cares too much? <laughs> you look like you take your crayons with your own credit card. <laughs> Armando sleeps with a knife under his bed. Not for self-defense, just in case he finds sandwiches. (laughs) Paige says that her husband makes her weak in the knees, which is dangerous with how weak her fucking ankles are. is IHOP, which is also what I'm going to call her when she loses a foot to diabetes. <laughs> Armando got beat up by the cops last year. Oh, wait, I fucked that up. Armando stole donuts. <laughs> That was great. That was so good. That was really, really fun. I don't know. I, I mean, I assume overtime based on the fact that they yeah. each had four jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, full disclosure, normally I pre-screen these battles and, you know, I kind of know what I'm walking into. This time I'm going in completely blind on everything, uh, which means I don't know who won. Do you remember who got the win on that one? Nope. Great stuff from from both of them. So, I mean, really, they came up with those on three hours, two hours? That was so good. I mean, it, it's just uh, those guys obviously have that mechanism in their brain where – and I think so, all of us have it to a degree where when you've done so many of these, and certainly for Paige, yes. who's been active, I'm sure you put somebody's picture up there and you're like, hey, write me a thousand roast jokes in five minutes. Right. She could be like, I'll come close. Yeah. You know? Um, for Armando being out of the game for a little bit, I mean, he hasn't battled since pre-pandemic. Um Really, really impressive. And you know what? They both had 
a bunch of great stuff. For Paige to start off with the the weed whacker joke, yeah. that's a formula that I don't think we've talked about before that to me provides endless sort of like possibilities. And they're all fun. When you have somebody who checks off two different like ethnic boxes. Vastly different. Yeah. yeah. And you could be like, oh, which means he X yeah. and Y and pull from kind of both of those worlds and, and turn a little double play of racism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really get a kick out of that. I've never heard one of those jokes that didn't make me smile. And that yeah. certainly was one of them. Yeah, that's definitely a gold mine when you when you can do that. Because, uh, like you said, you get to double down on the racism. Yeah. Which, who doesn't want that? Well, that's, that's um, what the show's all about. It is. <laughs> I also think that their ability to, to, to come up with such great jokes so quickly speaks very highly of their friendship and how well they know each other. Yeah. Because the more you know each other, the more the easier it is to write jokes. You know, like I feel like if somebody was like, oh, write jokes about Pat right now, like I could, that would be easier than somebody I don't know. For sure. Or yeah. barely know. The chemistry was great, yes. and, but what I love is these guys have spent thousands of hours together, which means they probably know everything about each other, mm-hmm. and yet there wasn't really anything super personal in there. It no. was it was, uh, it was was broad. It was accessible for the entire audience. It, you didn't have to know any sort of backstory to enjoy the jokes. I mean, certainly the, the knife under the bed <laughs> was outstanding, but one that I really wanted to point out because it's something that I – I struggle with, and I think we've talked about this before, but to look at somebody and do a you look like joke about their personality almost. Mm-hmm. To, for Armando, Armando like leveled me when he said, uh, she, you look like a kindergarten teacher who cares too much. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is she, just spot on. Uh-huh. Spot on. And then the you look like you pay for the kids' crayons with your own credit card, which I, my wife has done in the past. So. I think every teacher has. Right, for sure. To. Yeah. So that one just was, like, extra funny to me. And then her, like, flip on the EBT thing, like, it was just, it was really, really good, sort was, of top to bottom. Yeah, they have great chemistry, clearly, and they they work great together. And that was such a good way to start the night. Now, it was probably fair that they did not pick a winner, but I'll put you on the spot here. If you had to pick one based off of what we just saw, who, who are you going with? Ooh, I think just based off the overtime, I thought uh, Armando squeaked it out um, purely based on the overtime. And also, I don't usually, when I'm watching this for the show, I don't pay attention to who I think should win or not most of the time because um, that's not what we do, Pat. Yeah, but you know we're filming a show, so let's uh, let's do it. Pat just likes putting me on the spot. I do, I yeah. do. I like watching you squirm. It's fun, and I actually i would I would agree with you. Um, yeah. I thought Armando edged it out in the overtime. Um, I was impressed with the dexterity that it took to actually act out the IHOP yeah. thing. I didn't think he'd be able to pull that off. Yeah. That was a uh, impressive. Um, yeah, and I, I thought he edged it out on that one, but I mean, really just an outstanding battle. And thank you to both of those guys yeah. for stepping up on short notice and, and saying, Hey, no, we got a, we got a big crowd. We're in the main room. We're doing this cool thing. Fuck it. Let's, let's do it. Let's Why do not? it. Uh, I wouldn't have the guts to do it, but I appreciate the fact that you guys did. Okay. Now let's get into the official league battles. We had six lined up for this event. We've discussed the two that fell through, which means we have four great battles still to come on this show. Um, we are going to move now to a Northern versus Southern California clash. Um, this is the undefeated uh, undercard champion of the belly room, John Luna, who we've seen on this show before, undefeated across multiple platforms, not just roast battle. He's very involved in another show out here called Comic Wars. He's undefeated in that as well. The guy has just never lost a really? roast battle. That is correct. Yes. 
And we're talking oh, about God. upwards of 17, like, yeah. 18 battles across the platforms at Holy this point. Holy buckets. Very impressive resume. But the last couple battles he had in the belly room, and I think we talked about this, maybe not his best. He's yeah. sort of, you know, so I was really curious to see how he would rebound. And it's crazy to talk about somebody who's never lost and be like, how can they rebound? Rebound, right. Right. Um, but I'm looking for a classic John Luna performance, and he's going against Morgan Anderson from the Bay Area, who I believe only has one loss on her resume, which was to, to Paige, Paige Wesley yeah. in a number one battle of the week that we covered a few months back. Um, Morgan and John have been the two most impressive, to me, people that I've been introduced to in the last year, year and a half, two years of roast battle. Um, and... Uh, I Morgan has never showed any signs of slowing down. John was absolutely on fire until his last couple, which were still good. Yeah. Still good. Yeah. I don't want to seem like they weren't. But when I came up with this battle, it was like, okay, these are the two best newcomers in my mind. And I'm I really agree. excited to, to see it. Uh, this is John Luna from L.A. going against Morgan Anderson from the Bay. Let's check it out. Uh, when we spoke, John told me he was bisexual. So that means he has two types. Uh, they're just both diabetes. Everybody give it up for uh, Miller Light Monroe. <laughs> Morgan's a lot like Kanye West, because she's past her prime, dresses like a homeless person, and maybe if her mom didn't die, we wouldn't have to listen to her talk so much. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I've been a lot of sex, Ken. 
This happened a lot, like a couple times. Morgan's done a lot of uh, drugs, not just general anesthesia, okay? <laughs> she wants to break the glass ceiling because she thinks she'll get to smoke it. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, that was John versus Morgan, and there's something I feel like we should address before we even go further, which is like this is my first time seeing the battles and. That one in spots I, I felt like was uh, was hard to hear, which is more of an issue certainly on our end. Uh, I'm not a camera guy. I'm not a microphone guy. I don't know how any of that works. Um, but you could – I didn't have similar issues with Paige and Armando, which I'm sure um, – you know, as somebody who's done comedy as long as you have and as long as I have, sometimes you perform in a venue where – and again, this is not a comedy store thing. I think this is on our end with the the filming. But sometimes you perform in a venue where the, the sound quality sucks. Mm-hmm. And the differences in elocution and articulation really shine through in those parts. Yes. And I felt like Paige and Armando – were very comfortable up there and articulated very, very well. And there were no real issues with the the sound. Whereas this one, I felt like maybe nerves played a part in it. I definitely think nerves were a big part of it. I never like to cast that on somebody because who knows? That's maybe not fair, but it, it could be. Either way, I felt like in certain spots, especially with, with John, um, the delivery was a little bit uh, more rapid fire. And uh, I definitely missed out on parts. I feel like we need to talk about that because I might have missed out on something that was really, really good. And I, I want to make sure that if I'm not giving it proper credit, we understand why. Exactly. And I think it it should, it should be said that we watched this twice uh, to make sure – like to try to catch everything. We paused it be like, what did they say? So we tried our best to get the the entirety of the battle out of it. But there were definitely some parts that we both were just like, mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Especially on tags if you have the crowd sort of laughing. Yes. Residual laughter from the punchline and then you try to tag it. Um, some of that was a little bit difficult to understand. So yes. our, our apologies. Um, that being said, let's talk about the battle. I, again, I don't know who won, but it is my assumption that John Luna is undefeated no more. Correct. Correct. Okay. We have a, we, we have, have official a, we uh, have word official from word. Cody. Historic loss for John Luna, his first one. Um, and, and you know, frankly, a little bit of a continuation of the, the trend that I, I would say we kind of saw coming in. Um I would advise anybody who's newer at battling, who's going to be on a platform like this, to do whatever it takes to not whip out a loose-leaf sheet of paper at any point. I thought that that was a a momentum shift a little bit because he did that, and then you know Morgan had a couple of big punches lined up. And frankly, if she had had something about the paper, it might have been even more lopsided. Yeah, I think that... um, I think that John maybe went to the well once too often with the plastic surgery jokes. I'm not sure he set them up properly with Morgan's age. Um, yeah, she's not old, so yeah. Um, I I do remember now, like watching this battle and and loving the beginning and being like, oh my god, this is so good. This is what I expected it to be, and then it devolved quickly. Um, and I, I remember sitting there being like, okay, I'm, I'm bored with the plastic surgery bits. Like they weren't the, 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 the trick of doing three or four jokes in a row about the same topic is if they're not working, they're only going to not work more 
and harder that the more you keep doing it. Um, and so I think maybe if John could have like switched strategies and mm-hmm. tried something different, um, I, I will say I think when he brought the paper out, it got him in his own head because I think that Doc Brown joke was this is just me speculating, but my guess is that it was written differently and maybe a little bit more concise than how he delivered it. Yeah. Because it did seem like he kind of stumbled and like went around a bend to get – it was definitely too far to get to the Doc Brown, but I thought that could have been a really good joke. Sure, yeah. If it had been delivered correctly. Um, yeah, I think just as some, intended, I some strategic missteps, and I, I don't yeah. think you can afford to make those against somebody as good as Morgan. I mean – Morgan came out firing. She had a lot of different variety in the topics that she tackled. Um, yeah, you talked about the start of the battle when John opened with, uh, I believe it was his opening joke, the Kanye West Kanye one, West joke. which was incredible. And I saw that and I said, okay, this is the mm-hmm. this is the John Luna that I saw in his first five or six battles where I was like, this guy is a monster. And it's still in there. Clearly, he hasn't forgotten how to write jokes. None of that is the issue. Um I think it might just sort of be a, a preparation thing um, when it comes to the notes. I'm not saying don't have notes on stage, but, you know, write two or three words and get them on a little sheet of paper that you can, like, sort of take a peek at, right? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to busting out and unfolding yeah. a piece of paper. The unfolding is what makes it I thought it, extra I bad. thought he was going to do a prop. <clears throat> I was like, mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, he's checking his notes. That's fine. Okay. But then he started unfolding. I'm like, oh, there's this is going to be a prop. Right. There's going to be a picture on here. And then it wasn't. I was like, oh, well, that yeah. was a very big distraction for for yeah the sake of a distraction for like, the sake of a distraction yeah. absolutely and and you know i i just think sometimes you have to set up your jokes properly and i didn't see this is an edited copy so i didn't see the intro where they say hey why are you battling this person i know that's a good time to set up she's a little bit older and so forth and so on but in all honesty like there are certain things that i have never really seen work to the degree that you would think they would in roast battle. One of them is jokes about people's teeth. I don't know why. They've never really worked to the degree that you would think that a good teeth joke would. Maybe it's because the audience far back can't see the person. And number two is an age age jokes. And I I know this because I moved to L.A. when I was 30, which in the industry is ancient. Yeah. You might as well be dead when you're 30. So when I started doing roast battles, especially as I got to my mid-30s and now into my late 30s, if I battle people younger than me, I was like, oh, God, they're going to make fun of me for being old. And what I realized very quickly is nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody really cares. If if anything, when we get like older roast battlers, they get more sort of support because it's like, look at you. You're fucking doing this shit. Yeah. That's cool. You know, I, I, I've never seen the age stuff work. And I guess the angle he was going for was not maybe Morgan is old, although there were a couple that that was the punchline. And then there were other ones where it's like Morgan is trying to pretend to be young via plastic surgery. I think there could be something yes. there. But age in general doesn't seem to work. What do you think? No, I would agree. As someone who's been called old and young, weirdly, it's sometimes in the same joke, uh, they've <laughs> Rarely work, um, especially, you know, when you're going against someone that's not old, you know, like, yeah, she might not be in her 20s anymore, but like, that's not, I have no idea how old she is. But um, to me, I don't look at her and be like, that's an old bitch, you know? So you're already, you're already using a setup and a premise that isn't right there in front of the audience. So you're, you're stacking your, the chips against yourself 
immediately before you even start to write the joke. Yeah. You know, it's like calling somebody fat that's like not or ugly that's not or, you know, it's just like, ah, that's not what we're looking at, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there was there was definitely something there. The lip filler joke was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think, yeah, maybe next time diversify the set list a little bit and come up with some different angles. And look, it's tough. Morgan, it's it's difficult. She yeah. is not an easy target, no. at least in terms of outward appearance. So if you're somebody like John Luna, who visually you are certainly a bigger target, um, you almost have to work twice as hard to not make it a visual battle. And I think that's what he did. And I think that is a losing proposition. Yes. And I will. I I got excited because I remembered Morgan had my favorite joke maybe ever uh, when she said I've been unwillingly fucked or wait no I've been fucked unwillingly, unwillingly more times than, more he times than you has have willingly. willingly that's how you do a rape joke everybody Absolutely. when it's about yourself in your own experience that was fucking oh I, I was like chef's kiss amazing I loved that moment so it wasn't <clears throat> even like that good of a joke necessarily but I'm totally backtracking. But like, it went from it, the best joke she's ever heard to sorry. not even that good of a joke. No, I don't. I, I, uh, well, Very what impressive. What I'm trying to think is like, uh, it it wasn't that difficult of a joke to to come up with. Yep. But we haven't heard it, and I loved it. And there's always something to be said for rebuttals. You get more leeway on rebuttals. By the same token, yes. she did the John hates plastic surgery because plastic is a thing that he yes. can't eat, which is very much a third grade school schoolyard, uh, you know, thing. You would hear one of them say, yes. "Like this guy eats plastic." You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. but because it's a rebuttal and it appears to be in the moment, and I think as we move on. The rebuttal technique, I feel like, is not as prevalent as it used to be. I feel like not enough people are utilizing that as a weapon. It doesn't have to be the best joke you've ever written. Yep. It just has to shut down what they did. And yep. I feel like Morgan was able to use all of the strategies of roast battle flawlessly, whereas John kind of got stuck on the one thing. I felt like it was very much a momentum battle. I feel like at the beginning, they were both maybe a little bit nervous. And then as things sort of trended down for John, he struggled a little bit more. And as things trended up for Morgan, that's when she starts hitting the rebuttals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she had some classic jokes, like the psoriasis one was really good. And, uh, the oh, the the cop and the videography yes. um, was also outstanding. So um, kudos to both of them, uh, especially Morgan Anderson, who can Continues to impress me, and I think we've said from the beginning, probably our number one pick in the Bay. Yes. Um, and to me, if she stays on this path, only a matter of time before she is uh, holding the championship belt. Out totally. There. And um, I would say my only like advice, whatever for Morgan is, work on projecting and speaking clearly, like articulating clearly, mm -hmm. so that we can hear you and we don't miss those brilliant moments. Exactly. Because we can't go back in the room and rewind it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a that's an excellent call. So we are running a little bit long on this episode. So here's here's what I think we should do, because we originally and we did this with the Netflix show, too, because it was like, oh, we could do six battles in 30 minutes, but yeah. then we don't shut up. No, uh, I'm en I'm enjoying this too much and I love breaking this shit down. So let's do one more battle for today and then we will bring it back next week with uh, the remaining two, the big double main event. So let's end this week with the next battle we're going to look at. This is a clash between New York and Chicago from New York. Dan Wicks, who is one of the guys who helps run things over there. He runs the show at Grove 34, which has been a very, very successful show in New York. Make sure if you're in the area, you check it out. Going against, at the time, 
She was the undercard champion in Chicago. Three days after this event, Chicago ran a main event champion versus undercard champion match. What? Yes. Which she won. So as we air this now, this is the current main event and and undercard champion. They merged the belt. I don't know what the plan is there. That's bonkers. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. But as of right now, it is my understanding that she is the, the double champion of Chicago going up against one of our favorites from New York. Um, and this is one of the only ones where I actually know the result because I got a text from somebody after it ended uh, that said, uh, I want a recount on yeah. behalf of the loser. I won't spoil it here, but on behalf of the loser. So that leads me to believe this is a very close, intense, fun battle. This is Jessica Misra from Chicago going up against Dan Wicks from New York. Let's, uh, let's check it out. All right, so I actually ran into an old flame of hands today. <laughs> but I like this song, No Woman Would Ever Want Him to Be Your Views. That's a very fun song. <laughs> Jessica's half Indian. She's not Native American, although white guys do give her diseases and blankets. <laughs> Dan laughs at his own jokes like he just tied a woman to the train tracks. That's the only way he loves trains. Uh, 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 Jessica's been dating a guy for eight years. Yeah. She complains that his dick is small, but in fairness, even Chicago pussy is deep dish. <laughs> Oh, 
lot of people say whether Dan has autism or not, but I'm here to put that debate to rest. <laughs> Syndrome. And Dan is a lot like his Tourette's in that he's rarely in women. <laughs> wow, that was outstanding. And when we conceptualize this whole roast battle league, can we do this thing? One of the concerns that I know I had, and I think that it was shared amongst other people, is a lot of times when you get two people together that don't know each other, that aren't friends, the battle is not necessarily as good. And I've always been of the belief that no, 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 that it's not an impossible hill to climb. You no. can get this person from Chicago and this person from New York and have them meet one time. And if they're talented enough and good enough joke writers, then you could bring them together and we could still get magic. And that's exactly what we got in that battle. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, that was so well said. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm a little stunned. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was that was so good. They both clearly like gave each other information and they both went in like we're going to do this together and as a team instead of being like I'm going to win this thing and I'm not going to give you any information like it was very obvious that they had FaceTimed or talked and really got that rapport down uh I thought Jessica start had a rough like stutter step of a start to me like I didn't think the sock joke hit that hard mm -hmm. and then after that it was just home run after home run after home run uh, where I think Dan had really, really good jokes, but they were, like, to me, a level below Jessica's. Jessica covered a ton of different topics. Her jokes spanned from silly, like, wordplay to incredible, like, right turns and, and spanned the, the, the spectrum of topics um, where – Dan's, I thought, were against anyone else, incredible jokes. Mm -hmm. But going up against hers, they they just felt a little less. Yeah. Now, full disclosure, and uh, I want to circle back and talk about some of the specific jokes and get into it a little bit more. I don't want the focus to be the result of yes. this thing. Because on the one hand, we talk all the time about how it's all about having a great battle yeah. and the results don't necessarily matter. And that's certainly what we got there. But on the other hand... If I'm getting on a plane and I'm flying 1,500 to 3,000 miles to do a thing, I want to feel like I got the result that was was fair. Mm -hmm. um, so full disclosure, somebody from Chicago texted me as we were live streaming this battle after the result was announced and Dan was announced as the winner. And he said, I demand a recount. So I was expecting it to be very close and it was. Yes. I can absolutely see a case for either of them, and I will lay out the case momentarily, but let me just confirm because it seems like you are pretty clear you think Jessica got the win there. I literally thought she won until just now when you told me You were there and you and I was had there. no idea. Uh, but now I vaguely remember being like, oh, that's not what I expected. But yeah, watching this back, to me it's very, 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 very close, but not close enough that I couldn't definitively give it to Jessica. Now, that's an interesting thing that you just covered. And Cody, uh, who is our producer of the podcast, who was there that night, also said, no, Jessica won. Yeah. So you guys were both there. Yeah. You watched them raise Dan's hand and you thought <laughs> Jessica won, which speaks to something that Jeff Ross has said for many years. Nobody remembers the winners and losers. Yep. Nobody remembers who wins. It doesn't matter. 
They only remember the performance. So obviously her performance resonated more with you guys to the fact that in your mind, she won. She won the battle. Here's the case that I'll make for Dan, because I thought they were both actually remarkably consistent. I thought they were both great. I do think that if you were edging each individual joke out, Jessica might have taken, if you break it down as like five rounds almost, she might have won three to two. Um, The deep dish pussy, to me, was the joke of the battle. And that is not a knock on Jessica because her closer specifically, she had a bunch of great stuff, but the Tourette's closer with the tag about being in women, um, I thought was the second best joke of the battle. But sometimes, and I didn't hear the judges, you know, rationale, but sometimes you're there and you're in the moment and it's just bam, bam. Everybody's just landing punch after punch after punch after punch. And sometimes the deciding factor ends up being, what was the joke that the whole room exploded they literally started chanting deep dish pussy. You know yep. what I mean? Like, And sometimes in that moment when you've just heard 10 incredible jokes, you edge it to that. A hundred percent. Yep. And I know that's what, what happened, you know, because mm-hmm. there's always the argument for, well, you had the biggest joke of the night. Like we've both lost to people where the judges have said you were more consistent, but they had the biggest hit. Sure. And vice versa. I've, I've won because – Absolutely. Same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's part of the thing I think that makes Rose Battle a little bit arbitrary, like uh, the judging a little arbitrary because you don't know, is that judge going to go with consistency? Are they going to go with the biggest pop? Like, and you can't even be like, well, Pat usually goes with consistency because it also depends on the night. Oh, as somebody who's judged a bunch, bunch, I have no, I I would imagine if you go back, I have no pattern. I would imagine sometimes I'm up there preaching consistency and other times I'm like, you blew the room up, you win. Um, it's just sort of in the moment, like how it how it feels. Yeah. Um, and it did feel to me like if I was a judge and having the benefit of watching it in hindsight on film, sometimes it plays differently on film than it does live. 100%. I do think I would have edged it to Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, I think calling out the I can't tell if you have to pee or you're already peeing that was my favorite was absolutely incredible I took a lot of notes on this one I normally don't but I was like I have to um because there's so many funny things in this again her closer with the let me put that debate Tourette's like was great um his Native American joke uh to begin with the diseases and blankets the if she really had the one part I didn't understand and I asked for clarity and nobody could really give it to me if she really has two dads if she has two gay dads and one one is Indian and one is a white guy, that joke is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have worked just as well if he was like his her Indian dad and her white mom, right? Um, but I, I mean, I guess she has two dads. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you learn things from watching the battles, but um, I really like that joke. Regardless, the uh, she walks dogs and so does her boyfriend when they they hold hand or whatever the fuck like. I thought um I thought they were both great and I just really I feel like a proud dad right now. Yeah. As somebody who booked this battle and just having on based on nothing but having seen them perform consistently on this show before, feeling like it would work out. I I'm, it did. I'm really proud of you guys. You did great. Um so I you know, I, I think they're both winners, but if I have to edge it to one, I would edge it to to Jessica. But awesome job from both. I would agree. I thought it was a Fantastic battle. Like to me, uh, if we're counting just league battles, uh, so far it was the battle of the night, uh, in my opinion. 
Uh, and I agree, and I, I, I think um, even if we're even if we're not, I, I think that was to me it was it was better than Page versus Armando. Um, it was five jokes instead of three, so it was longer. Um, that's why I didn't count theirs because I it's to me it's too hard to compare the two. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah. I, I still think it's a battle of the night. No, this is a battle to me that was everything I had hoped for. It lived up to everything and then went and beyond more. it. And and frankly, probably our two most consistent divisions in terms of pumping out content. Um, so it was really cool to see Chicago and New York get that kind of shine. And mm-hmm. um, I know it wasn't the main event in the room, but it is the main event for this episode because uh, we're going to wrap it there. We will pick it up next week with uh, our double main event, which features LA's Joe Urell versus uh, Grace Leishman from Chicago and Ken Grinnell from London coming over to the States to take on Derek Humphrey from New York. I'm looking forward tremendously to both of those battles uh, and we'll get into them next week. Uh, Thanks as always for tuning in. Um, I also was off social media for the duration of this. I had an issue with hackers. So if anybody followed the at RBL commish account, which we were doing some really fun stuff on, it's done. It's done forever. We're going to be coming up with a new one. Um, we will get that information out to you for sure. The easiest way to get that information is to follow me on my personal account, my new one, at the Pat Barker. I'm desperately – I had – not to brag – you're going to be really impressed by this. I had uh, like 1,600 followers. Whoa, guys. You heard it here. Yeah. And now I'm down to like 10% of 16. that. So I need – no, <laughs> like 160. Okay. That's uh, – I need I need help is what I need. Uh, so follow me at the Pat Barker. She is – At Sarah Keller 07. Sarah Keller 07. I'm trying to get her numbers. She's She's got like a million followers. It's crazy. So I need to get there. Uh, so follow me there and I will let everybody know when the new RBL uh, account launches. And uh, yeah, follow me on there as well. Until next time, I'm Pat Barker. I'm Sarah Keller. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week with the continuation of our Halloween extravaganza.